On today's show, Howard Beck joins us to talk about Game 7, baby. We'll talk about who has more pressure on them, and then we'll play what is a lock this offseason. James Harden to the Rockets, Kyrie Irving to the Lakers, a bunch of coaches, who's on the move. Talk about that and more on today's Locked on NBA. Let's go. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Appreciate each and every one of you for jumping in and hanging out with us on Locked On NBA, making us your first listen. Be an everydayer, subscribe and follow for free. Just search Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, where you can also find a daily Locked On show that covers your team five days a week. And Howard Beck may be on one of those shows this week or next week or last week or or whenever. Uh, bringing in Howard Beck, uh, writer at GQ and formerly uh, of many, many other places. He's one of the greats in uh, NBA media right now. Howard Beck. What you got for me? Nick, how you doing, man? I'm just recovering from the uh, series finale of Succession. But other than that, I'm doing well. As is my entire Twitter timeline. <laughs> Everybody's in that show. That's why you have to watch it live or at least on a slight delay at most without getting on social media at all. Because if you get on social media after a finale of a series of that magnitude, uh, you are going to have it spoiled. So I, oh. I, I had to jump right on it. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, on today's show, we'll talk a little bit about Game 7. Game 7, baby, is tonight, and so we'll talk about it. Who has the most pressure on them? We'll talk about the the referee crew that was named earlier today. Some people are getting in their feelings about that. And then uh, we'll play. We'll mostly focus on, we'll play a game called Is This a Lock? Talk about some free agency rumors. Talk about some trades that could happen. Some coaches that could move. Is Adrian Griffin the coach of the Bucks just because Giannis wanted to? Is James Harden going to the Rockets? Will he... Will, he start the season with them. We'll talk about all that and break it all down a little bit later. But let's start here. Game seven is tonight between Boston and Miami. Winner is immortalized in some way, either either an eight seed that beats uh, the Celtics and goes to the finals or the first team to come back from down 0-3 with the Boston Celtics. Howard Beck, who has the most pressure on them tonight in this game? <laughs> uh, the old pressure game. <laughs> the old pressure game. It's been funny in this series because – if I'm recalling correctly, when the Heat were up 3-0, Charles Barkley declared that all the pressure is now on the Heat, <laughs> which seemed insane when one team was facing elimination in a sweep, and it was the higher seed beyond that. Uh, but Chuck insisted the Heat had all the pressure on them for Game 4. Maybe he was onto something. Maybe they had too much pressure on them to complete the sweep, <laughs> and they cracked. I don't know, but that was interesting. And then as soon as the Celtics won one, then I think Reggie was uh, doing the – I can't remember. Did he say it was also all the pressure was on the Heat or is all the pressure on the Celtics now to win it at home? I would all have, I mean, the pressure's always been on the Celtics, right? They've been, uh, you know, behind this entire time. They were facing this uh, humiliating sweep. But I think, you know, look, by the time we get to 3 3, no matter how you got to 3 3, it's game seven. Like, it, 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 like there's this is not the early parts of a series where oh, pressure shifts back and forth, momentum shifts back and forth. No, this is this is literally winner go home time. So the pressure's on everybody, but 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 the real question is who has the bigger consequence for losing, mm. right? It's not even about pressure. It's more about if you lost, which team is is facing a more dire consequence. And that's the Celtics. It's always been the Celtics. They're the better team. They're the higher seed. They won like 13 more games or whatever it was in the regular season. They came into the postseason as the consensus 
either favorite or co-favorite, not just to win the East, but to win it all. The Celtics and Bucks, the consensus around the league was those were the two teams, with all due respect to the Nuggets, those were the two teams that everybody had their eye on. Whoever comes out of the East, everybody felt, was going to win the championship. We weren't even sure who was going to come out of the West because people weren't entirely sold on the Nuggets. Now everybody's all of a sudden pretending that, oh, you know, I've, I've always thought they were the greatest. <laughs> Calm down, people. Like the, the overcorrection people are now making to make themselves look magnanimous or, or wise about the Nuggets is incredible right now. Um, the Celtics and Bucks were the favorites. And as soon as the Heat knocked out the Bucks, it was definitely the Celtics. So, yeah, not going to be great for either team here. If the Heat lose, we're back to the pressure question. Yeah, you don't want to be the first team in NBA history to blow a 3-0 lead. And especially in the conference finals, when you're this close to, to making the NBA finals and with a team built around Jimmy Butler that we just don't even know how much more lifespan they've got as a contender. So the consequences could be could be pretty uh, brutal there, not to mention just the humiliation of going down in history as the first team ever to, to blow the 3-0 lead. But that said, nobody expected them to be here. We didn't expect them to make it out of the play in at a certain point after they lost their first playing game. We didn't expect them to beat the Bucks. We weren't sure, you know, at, you know, series after that, um, you know, we weren't about, you know, whether they were playing the Knicks and then when they were playing the Celtics, like we've never been sure that the Heat belonged this far given the regular season they had. So while it's awful for anybody losing this game seven, um, I, I, I still think it's the Celtics who have the most pressure on them. They're the ones who were supposed to be here. They're the ones who were in the finals last year. They're the ones who were supposed to be going back to the finals and this time winning a championship. So, um, you know, it, it, either way, someone someone's pretty devastated by about uh, whatever, 11 o'clock <laughs> Eastern tonight, 1130. The, the Heat have found money right now, right? And we don't think about it like that because they've been here before. They've played this team in the Eastern Conference Finals before. They've been to the finals recently. Like, it's a name that we associate with being here but they have they're not that this iteration of this team is not supposed to be here i let i did a uh playoff preview interview with every single host that covers a playoff team uh for locked on before this we posted it on locked on nba and, and their channels and all that i left the the miami heat one with wes goldberg me and him sat down and i asked him a whole bunch of questions about the heat i have not felt more like like down about a team after leaving an interview with like a beat writer or somebody that covers the team that I did with this heat team, because they just been all over the place all year it was so hard to figure out what they were. And now they're in the spot where, okay, well we've seen this in spurts this season. Like they'll play a game like this and then they'll play two games where they don't look like this at all. And now they have just been on it. And this, this has sort of been like this in, in this Eastern conference finals. We've seen this team go up three Oh, and then, go lose these last three games because they've just been this on and off team. They're obviously dealing with injuries too, which has been, which has really hurt them. Uh, another thing that people are really bringing up today, the referee crew was announced for game seven, Tony brothers, Scott Foster, John Goble referees that uh, for whatever reason, many reasons, I guess uh, NBA fans know, do you buy into this? You know, the referees are chosen and like this is a this is a bad look for the league, all the things that are being said. Apparently the Heat are zero and ten in games with Scott Foster and Tony Brothers this season. Now they're underdogs in eight of those games, so we should point that out. That was a Tom Habistro uh stat earlier today. But do you buy into this referee conspiracy? Should I play the conspiracy music? Uh <laughs> 
do you, do you buy into do you buy into any of that wow that's a nice touch you just have that like queued up that's yes. amazing where i covered the dallas mavericks we need it at all times oh good lord <laughs> um i don't care if they'd announce the refereeing crew as larry curly and moe <laughs> huey louie and dewey the butcher the baker the candlestick maker uh the three musketeers uh, I keep any other famous trios, the three amigos. I, I don't care. I, I don't, I just, just, just do not effing care. Um, people, if the first thing you do the morning of a playoff game is look up the officials. If you're looking it up because you're just curious, fine. If you're, if the, and if you're a reporter doing it because it's just part of the routine, I'm like, I'm going to make, make an exception for other media members here. If you are looking up the officials for the sole purpose of immediately conniving in your own mind some sort of conspiracy theory or worrying about how this is going to impact your team because of some bullshit correlation that you think is causation the 0-10 the, the Foster's Chris Paul thing which is tutter, total nonsense by the way if you are obsessing over this stuff you've lost the plot you've just lost it this is not what you should be thinking about as an NBA fan the teams can there's a practical matter for the teams right because um and your Mavericks have done this for a long time because Cuban is obsessive about the referees and also <laughs> no, a very, un- no, very, no. very unhealthy way. But for the, for the teams, it makes sense on some level if you are documenting tendencies because certain referees might tend to call certain kinds of calls, you know, uh, traveling or carrying or, you know, block charge might have a certain tendency. You want to know those things because it may actually impact the way you play the game or maybe you have a particular player who gets into trouble with a certain kind of, of call. Like there's some practical elements of it on an analytics basis because there are some tendencies, right? As much as the league tries to create a, a, an, a referee training program, and they do, they go, they, like the league obsesses about this on a very micro level, trying to make sure that everybody calls the game the same way. We know that's not realistic. Every, every referee is going to have certain strengths and weaknesses and maybe certain tendencies. That can happen even as much as the, the NBA tries to make them all uniform. So it makes sense to track... <clears throat> tendencies if you are the team itself mm. although again if you ask coaches about this some will say listen i don't want my guys thinking about that we just got to play the freaking game we got enough to worry about about just trying to execute our stuff and trying to read what the defense is doing or read what the other offense is doing whatever and react to it and have your mind there if you have spent three percent of your brain worrying about the officiating crew and what tendencies they come in with or what grievances you think they might have with you on a personal level all this crap you're going to lose based on just focusing on the wrong things. So even for the teams, you might want to look at it, but you don't want to spend too much time on it for fans. Just, I mean, I listen, I, I, as you know, Nick, I have a rule. I try not to tell fans what to think and feel it's your fandom do with it, what you will. I don't think it's healthy or even justifiable to be thinking about the referees this much, frankly. Um, It's, 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 it's all silliness. Um, and the conspiracy stuff is utter crap. Um, but, you know, people love a good conspiracy and social media is filled with it, not just on the NBA, but on pretty much everything. So there you go. Talking about conspiracy theories and things that are unknowable. Let's talk about some free agency rumors and some things that could happen this offseason. And we'll get into that. And is this a lock coming up? But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you are a person that cares about the referees, maybe this is a time where you think that one team has an advantage. Go check it out and see what you can put down on Prize Picks. 
Uh, right now, they're giving out a million dollars in the daily Superflex. You can get, uh, you could possibly win a million dollars if you go to prizepicks.com slash million and you make six correct picks. All you have to do is pick uh, six players, pick a more or less or an over-under on their points, rebounds, assists, any kind of different thing. They have uh, MLB as well, all kinds of different sports. Go check it out at PrizePix. And again, you can win a million dollars at prizepicks.com slash million. You can also uh, deposit a hundred bucks, get a hundred percent deposit match with the promo code locked on. Again, it's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On NBA, making us part of your day. Again, we have a Locked On NBA show that covers your team every day. I cover the Mavericks on Locked On Mavericks. We have a bunch of different shows um, that cover your team. Go check them out in the link in the description below. Here with Howard Beck, talk, we just talked about Game 7. Now let's get into, is this a lock? I got a bunch of different statements that I'm going to read Howard Beck, and he's going to tell me if it's if he thinks it's a lock or not. I'm I'm fascinated to see if you think any of these things are a lock because it's hard to know some of these there are no locks it's a very topsy-turvy uncertain world we live in nick there are no locks nothing's guaranteed uh it feels that way especially with some of these things let's start with this one james harden will start the 2023-24 season with the houston rockets is this a lock Mm, not a lock not a lock I, i i'm thinking more and more that this is more bluff and negotiating ploy than anything else mm. because I refuse to believe that either Harden or the Rockets actually think this is a good idea because it's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea, especially for him. He should stay with Joel Embiid where he has chance, a chance to win championships. If he goes back to Houston, he's basically saying he doesn't care about winning titles. So um, I'm going to say not a lock. Um, doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but it's definitely not a lock. We even heard Jalen Green recently on Paul George's podcast saying like, hey, yeah. This could be not good for us. <laughs> like to even to even just suggest well, I think it was that like it was, put it in the air. I think Jalen Green was saying it might not be good for him, Jalen Green, because it was <laughs> well, like that dude's gonna come in and cut into my like my my usage. So yeah, uh, and my re- and my growth with regards to Jackson Gatlin. Uh, what is the difference between me and us with the Houston Rockets at this very <laughs> at this moment? Something like that. Uh, another another rumor that has been flying around a lot that could also be a leverage play. Is this a lock? Kyrie Irving will start the 2023-2024 season next to LeBron James with the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, if if you, we had played this game one year ago today, I think I might have. I don't, I'm trying to remember at what point that became like like the like see, it seemed like it had serious momentum a year ago or at least last summer. I would have thought Kyrie to the Lakers was very very likely. Mm. Um, especially when they were trying to offload. Well, they weren't trying to offload Westbrook, but they should have been. <laughs> and if they had, Kyrie would have probably been involved in some like massive 17 team deal or something. But Kyrie to the Lakers made sense a year ago. Kyrie to the Lakers does not make sense now. So no, uh, not a lock. Um, I think he stays with the Mavericks. Um, I'm not sure if I should be congratulating or offering you my condolences, <laughs> Nick. Um, but it's, it's, it's one where you just say congrats on the content. That's <laughs> congrats on the content. Yes, exactly. You will have no, no shortage of things to talk about. If, if he not. is back as, as I suspect, um, they need him and he needs them. There is no team out there that is going to give Kyrie Irving max money. I believe, um, the Mavericks have his bird rights. They can give him some form of that, right? I don't know yeah. if it's a four-year max, a five-year max, or if it's just like less than the max over multiple years, or maybe the max on a given year, but only over a two-year deal, or one plus one, two plus one. I don't know. The Mavericks can't afford to lose him unless it's in a sign-and-trade. 
And even if you say, well, hey, hey sign and trade. Sign and trade to where? Like the Lakers, even if they're acquiring him in a sign and trade or giving up depth that they shouldn't give up, the Lakers just went through this exercise over the last two years of giving up all their depth to get a third star, Russell Westbrook, realizing that he was a bad fit. Kyrie would be a better fit. But still, they then cashed out Westbrook to replenish the depth that they'd lost when they went and got Westbrook. So they're going to make the same mistake again now yeah, and have to renounce rights to, you know, Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell and possibly, you know, I don't know, Bamba, Beasley, like Hachimura, everybody that they got at the trade deadline, maybe not all of them, but several of those players that they got at the trade deadline that helped them become a decent team again would have to go to sign Kyrie outright. And if it were in a sign and trade, well, who are they sending back to the Mavericks that the Mavericks want? And again, you're still hurting your depth if you're the Lakers to do that. So while I do think LeBron could use another high-level scorer playmaker with him at this stage going into year 21, assuming he doesn't retire. <coughs> um, <laughs> he's not retiring. Um, but like, there's a certain logic to it, but Kyrie is such a volatile uh, entity as a player. I, I just I don't see it. And besides that, like I say, it, the, the Lakers end up having to give up too much. He's staying in Dallas. Uh, good and interesting to hear <laughs> if you're a Dallas <laughs> you, Mavericks fan you sound uh, really excited yeah. to have him back on the team that you cover it's, and uh it's their only option I mean we, we Isaac and I've said this from the beginning it's like the, the Mavericks have to bring him back they've they've made this bed and now they're gonna yep. lie in it and they're going to uh and Kyrie Irving will be there uh the third and fourth picks are two that have been in like in the rumors recently there's been some rumors about them uh is this a lock the Portland Trailblazers will make the third pick in the NBA draft I think the Blazers, I, like there are no locks when it comes to the draft, especially and, and especially when you're talking about trades. There are other years where we thought all these picks were going to get traded because of, 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 of certain similar factors to this year. This is the year it happens. The Blazers are trading the third pick. Wow. The Blazers are trading the third. If, if not on draft night, then maybe, you know, maybe they make the pick, but trade the guy later. Um, I just, it seems like they are very much sold on, on continuing with Dame and that Dame is still very much sold on staying with the Portland trailblazers. And if that's the case, another 19 or 20 year old ain't getting you where you need to go in this, you know, rapidly shrinking window that you have with Damian Lillard. So, um, yeah, they should be either trading the third pick for, for veteran help or the third pick plus Anthony Simons, whatever it may be. Um, I, I feel like this one's going. Fascinating. Do you see? Do you see any like possible destinations or anybody that would be interested and have enough to give them to get the third pick? Because it could be Scoot Henderson, which would be a huge get for any team out there. Huge get for any team, and you know, like not an impossible fit next to Dame, but you're not going to have Dame and Anthony Simons and Scoot. Um, is there a scenario where where they draft Scoot? Assuming Scoot's still on the board there, right? Assuming that um, right that Charlotte didn't take him. Um, if it's if it's if you're drafting Scoot and keeping him, Scoot and Dame, well now you're now you're trading Anthony Simons, right? So there's there's always that possibility. Um, I don't know exactly. Like it's hard to know how teams are valuing these picks right now. So what you say, like what's the package? Every team may have a little bit different feel for like assuming. Let's assume Scoot is the one there, and let's see teams have you know everyone's gonna have a different assessment of of him. You know, is is it a DeAndre Ayton for Scoot? Plus some stuff. Is there a, uh, yeah, you got your eyebrows raised. There, <laughs> the Phoenix um, Suns fans would like to know what other stuff we have to get. To I'm just, I'm just saying like, I think like, you know, other, other teams under pressure this off season to make radical yeah. moves. 
I, it feels like this is the time when the Suns are going to seriously consider moving off of DeAndre Ayton and maybe even Chris Paul. Um, and, you know, uh, if, if Scoot is, is available, Scoot and Devin Booker together, Scoot, Devin Booker, Kurt, or uh, Kevin Durant for, for some span of time, um, given that Chris Paul is, is breaking down, I don't know. There's some logic there. And Dame has always needed, um, you know, anything really in the front court. Yeah, um, DeAndre Aiden's got, yeah, Aiden's got his flaws, but he's a good two-way player. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the exact structure of that trade would be, but is there something along those lines? I think the Trailblazers are going to have to absolutely consider everything. If they're keeping Dame, they can't just make their picks and roll on into next season. Uh, like they've got to make some, some serious moves to, uh, to improve around Dame and get some veterans. Coming up, let's talk about a couple more picks. Could the, will the Houston Rockets make the fourth pick? Will Zach Levine start this season with the Chicago Bulls? And then we'll get into some coaches. And uh, are they a lock? We'll talk about that coming up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked on NBA. We're here with Howard Beck talking about all kinds of uh, NBA players, coaches, things, and are they a lock? I'll read a statement. And I'll say, is this a lock? We talked about Portland Trailblazers at the third pick. Now let's do the fourth pick. The Houston Rockets will make the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Is this a lock, Howard Beck? I think this is a lock, or pretty mm. darn close. Um, this might be their last chance to make a high pick for a while. They're, they're, they definitely are um, moving in a direction, and we saw it with the Ime Udoka hire. They want to start winning now. They're, they, they feel like they've you know bottomed out for long enough. They've gotten some high picks, and they're gonna you know they've got a boatload of cap room to spend this summer, whether that's on. James Harden or Chris Middleton or somebody else. So they can get their veteran help in free agency. They don't need to flip the fourth pick for another vet. And because this might be, you know, if they're successful in actually turning this around soon and starting to become a competitive team, they might, may not be picking this high again for a long time, unless of course the nets bottom out and they still have possession of, of all those nets picks. But listen, in terms of what their own agenda is, is it time to turn the corner if it is, then this is also your last chance to make a really high pick. So I think they make the pick themselves. Uh, is this a lock? Zach Levine will start the 2023-2024 season with the Chicago Bulls. The rumors were swirled up this weekend. Um, I must have missed those while I was busy watching Succession <laughs> and just generally trying to just, you know, have a life outside of the NBA. Um, what Zach Levine rumors have I missed? Uh, just there's an NBC Sports report that you know the the Bulls are considering and thinking about moving Zach Levine uh, at this point and, and moving on. You know they didn't make the playoffs and here they are with with Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, and trying to figure out what their next steps are. I think about lots of things. Um, <laughs> I think about trading Zach Levine all the time. The Bulls have never seemed like they have the appetite once they picked this direction to go all in on on being mediocre. It doesn't seem like they have an appetite to try anything else. Um, and all the signals that they were sending uh, from the front office in the, you know, postscript on this season were leaning toward, it seemed, sticking with this group and just hoping for, for better health um, and, and, and better luck, I guess. Um, I don't think he should start the season with the Bulls. I don't think DeRozan or Vooch should either. I think the Bulls should be tearing it down and trying something else. Um, but they seem pretty satisfied with being on the treadmill of mediocrity. So I'll, I'll be more surprised if he's traded than that. The, uh, we'll just do a couple quick ones. Russell Westbrook returns to the Clippers. Is this a lock? 
I'm going to say yes. I know that they can only offer him, according to Bobby Marks, uh, the non-bird exception, which is $3.8 million, And obviously, that's a massive, massive pay cut for Russell Westbrook. But he's made a ton. And who's giving him a big contract at this stage of his career? Among the teams that have cap room, he doesn't really make sense. Um, I think of, there are two other teams that make sense for Westbrook uh, to me. Maybe the Heat, if they wanted to, uh, you know, if, if they're keeping it all together and they want to, you know, add him to, to Jimmy and Bam. Uh, maybe the Suns, depending on how they're looking at uh, Chris Paul and his longevity. And then I also thought, like, could the Grizzlies make a run at him, him at him because Ja is going to miss possibly half the season if he's suspended that long? I don't know. Mm. I was just, you know, toying around with it in my head. I think more likely than not, Westbrook, he, he, he played well with the Clippers. They certainly, I think, would like to bring him back. No, they can't pay him as much as uh, some other teams out there maybe can, but uh, it's a good fit. He's home in L.A., uh, I think he stays. It's wild that we're at a point in the NBA and just in how the cap works and how salaries work where, and Russ, Westbrook's reputation, where there's a player that was like the best player on his team in, in a playoff, like several playoff games this past year, that is also going to get paid close to the minimum. <laughs> like no other team would pay him. It's such such a weird spot that we're in with Russell Westbrook, where I think people acknowledge that he was good for the Clippers in the playoffs. But now no, I don't think anyone else in the NBA is like willing to, to bring him and- in. And somebody might give him like their their non taxpayer mid level or something, which is you like know ten seven, million or yeah. something, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like he could he could get up there, um, but wouldn't you rather you know take the three point eight, stay home in L A, uh, stick with the Clippers, stick with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and try to make a run at a title? Uh, Chris Middleton, you mentioned him before. Is this a lock? Chris Middleton starts the season with the Milwaukee Bucks. Not a lock, although I do think that the, the Bucks have to do everything possible to keep him. They're in a really tough spot, the Bucks, because Middleton's up there in years and mileage and has had some you know recent injury history. Brooke Lopez is a free agent and he's up there in years and mileage. But like what are, what else are you doing? Like I do think they need to get younger and I do think they need to replenish around Giannis. But if you lose either or both of those guys, they're not exactly in a position to be able to easily replace them. So not a lock, but I think he stays. Speaking of replacing with the Milwaukee Bucks, they have replaced their coach with Adrian Griffin. He is now the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Is this a lock that Adrian Griffin is the coach of the Bucks because Giannis wanted him? <laughs> it, it's a factor. you got to listen to your franchise star, um, especially when that guy's a two-time MVP who also won you a championship and who also can be a free agent in a couple of years <laughs> and who you're trying to keep happy and, and make it clear that you're in a partnership with him. So yeah, that's just the modern NBA. Like that's, that's just nothing sinister or anything there. I don't think it's the sole reason. Adrian Griffin has been uh, a guy who's been high on a lot of people's lists for years. He's been an assistant coach for many, many years with multiple franchises and um, a former player and somebody who I think everybody has expected for some time was, was going to become a head coach and people think is going to be a very good head coach. So you don't pick him just because Giannis wants him. The idea that when you're going through your process and you think you've got the guy who you believe as a franchise is the best fit, the best option, and then running it by your superstar makes sense toward the end there. So I, it's a chicken and egg thing here. I don't think they go to Griffin because of Giannis. I think it's, he's more at the end of that process. Is this a lock? Nick Nurse will be coaching the Philadelphia 76ers to start the 2023-24 season. Uh, according to Locked On Sixers own Keith Pompey, sources have said that reuniting with Daryl Morey is very enticing to Nick Nurse. 
Probably enticing to Daryl too. So you know, Nick Nurse coached the uh, the Rio Grande Valley Viper. Is my get? It? There's there's too many. I think that's right. Yeah, the RGV. Yeah, Rio Grande Valley Viper. There's just a lot going on there um, for a G League team name. Um, so yeah, Nurse had been there once upon a time. Uh, he and Daryl have a familiarity there. Nick Nurse obviously um, regarded as one of the best tacticians in the NBA. Um, there's some logic there, uh, but if we're going to go back to the premise of your prior question about the Bucks, what does Joel Embiid want? And is Nick Nurse the guy that that Embiid thinks can get them to finally break through? I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I mean, among the the guys who are still out there to to hire, especially among the ones with a lot of uh, with with the longer resumes, it's Nurse, Budenholzer, and Frank Vogel, uh, all of whom have won championships in the last few years. So um, <laughs> Nurse seems Nurse seems like the logical one. Kevin Ollie will be coaching the Detroit Pistons to start the 2023-24 season. Is this a lock? Feels like we've been on Kevin Ollie to the Pistons for weeks already. I know it's probably been yeah. a little less time than that, but um, I don't know about lock, but it certainly seems like that's the direction it's moving. Uh, there was like a false alarm him on, on Instagram posting like about how he'd arrived or, or something. And there was a bunch of Pistons fans thinking like, this is how he announces this. So we'll see if that ends up being, uh, what happens. And, uh, but, but to your point, it does feel like it's been around because that we're looking for any kind of sign from like his Instagram post or anything. Um, another thing people should stop doing. Stop, stop. <laughs> you should, y'all, y'all are spending way too much time trying to like read tea leaves on Instagram posts and like just. It's like you got to have better things to do with your lives, people. Are, are you saying I shouldn't be doing a whole episode of my podcast based on Kyrie Irving's Instagram live stream? Is that what you? <laughs> that might be in its own category, Nick. <laughs> I'm not sure it's healthy for you to be watching an entire Kyrie Irving live stream, much less podcasting hey, for then 30 minutes about it. But you know what? You need content. It's a five day a week podcast. Uh, you know, I get it. Just me and 20,000 other people. We're, <laughs> we're in there. Uh, 20,000 people were watching that live stream? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's do one more. Is this a lock? Bob Myers returns to the Golden State Warriors or stays with the Golden State Warriors, I guess, whichever vernacular you decide. I think we're going to find the, out the answer to this one soon. I'll say that much. I think, I think that's coming soon. I don't know for sure what Bob Myers – I don't think anybody but Bob Myers knows what Bob Myers will do. Um, I hope he returns to the Warriors, and I think he probably will based on relationships and the time investment and the emotional investment. Like, he has three young children – and I think a lot of this is about like Bob Myers is not he's either with the Warriors or he's taking time off. He, I don't think Bob mm-hmm. Myers there's a, you know like the, all this stuff about like well, were the Wizards waiting for him before they hired Michael Winger and all this. I, I don't think Bob Myers was ever going to the Wizards or anybody else who might need a GM or who might want to fire their GM to hire him. Like I don't I don't think any of that was happening. He's at a moment where I think he just needs to and is reassessing just his time commitments and his work life balance and family time and all that. Um, and they've been through a lot and it's been a long run and it's been a mostly very successful run, but it's also been a really stressful run for the Warriors. So um, I think his relationships with Steph and Clay and Draymond and Steve Kerr and ownership and everything else means he will probably stay and, and like ride this out until the wheels fall off, whenever that is, however many more years that is. And maybe he finds a way to delegate more or, or, or pull back a little bit, certainly as a free agent. He's also going to get a, a fat raise. And, you know, every indication that I've heard is that th- this is not an issue of contract. You know, Bob Myers will, will, will make uh, an incredible salary if he's back. So it's not about whether or not the Warriors want him back or how much of a commitment they're willing to make. It's more about what does he want to do at this stage? Um, like I say, not a lock, but I'm going to lean that he stays. 
For more with Howard Beck, check out the Locked On NBA uh, lineup. All kinds of different shows. We have a show for every single team. So check the uh, the link tree or the uh, chartable link in the description below, so you can see him. Check him on all kinds of different shows. Uh, you can go follow him on Twitter at Howard Beck and read everything he's got going on. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Game Seven. A breakdown. Who knows what's going to happen and whoever the pressure was on. I hope that they won or lost. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, guys. (laughs) Thanks so much for hanging out with us on Locked on NBA. Boom.